It's our Fantasy All-Star Podcast. On today's show, we will have a good old roundtable discussion on who the most profitable players were in the first half of the 2021 fantasy season. The cast of the Sleeper and the Bust Podcast, Paul Sporer and Justin Mason, join us next on Beat the Shift. Welcome to another episode of the Beat the Shift Podcast. I am your host, Ariel Cohen, and with me as always, Ruvain Guy. How are you, Ruvain? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty treacherous weather here in New York. Mets have been rained out yet again. How are you dealing with it? I'm getting killed by the rain here. My flowers are gone. My office is flooded. And this is actually because the Mets are rained out. They're going to have their 13th scheduled seven-inning doubleheader this year already. Yeah, and you know, if you do the math on that, 13, that means that there's going to be 26 games that are seven innings of length, which is two games, two innings taken away. That's almost six games cut out from the Mets schedule. That's kind of a lot, don't you think? Yes, especially since we have a lot of those Mets players on our NFBC team. So yes, it's a lot. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the uh, seven-inning doubleheaders. Uh, anyways, uh, we've got a great show today. It's our fantasy all-star show, and we thought we'd bring in the all-star team in a crossover episode with the sleeper and the bust. Want to welcome in the host of the show, Paul Sporer and Justin Mason. Welcome, guys. Hey, guys. How's it going? Going all right. This is uh, a little annoying because I've already talked to Paul once today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should we should have scheduled this on a, on an off day so we didn't have to talk to each other twice. But I'm very happy to be on. Thank you guys for having us. Oh, our pleasure, our pleasure. So before we start, how are you guys doing in your fantasy leagues this year? Uh, start with you, Paul. Uh, I'm actually doing pretty well, if I could be so bold as to say so. Uh, there's obviously still lots of work to be done. I know I haven't won anything yet, but uh, first in my main, twelfth overall. First in a uh, in a RotoWire Online Championship, the beat Colin we- Weatherwax one. So I'm beating Colin Weatherwax, but then everyone's beating me in the beat Paul Spore leagues, where I'm seventh and eleventh, unfortunately. But I'm also second in my TGFBI league. So all in all, uh, doing pretty well right now, hanging in there. Like I could make a run in tout. I uh, really need some really need to string some dubs together. I was getting on a roll there, and then I fell off again. And then uh, kind of grinding in the upper upper middle class of labor right now. Yeah, I, I am in that Tout Wars League of yours. And you're doing um, very well, too. Yeah, I'm currently in second place, just a game out of first place. It looks like I actually might even tie first place at the end of the week. Uh, how about you, Justin? We're in the same TGFBI League, actually. We are, and I believe you're in first place in that. I, I have yep. rebounded after a very, very tough start, and I've worked my way to the middle of the pack in that league. Uh, considering I drafted like six guys I thought might get saves, and I still have 12 saves on the year after $750 oh. in fab spent on saves. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to win that league, and that's okay. Uh, I wish you luck. I hope you take down the overall uh, from our league. Uh, but the rest of my leagues, I'm all over the place. I've got 29 leagues. Uh, I've got some first-place teams. I have some 12th-place teams. It's kind of uh, all over all over the place this year. Right. Ruvain, how about you? Well, the two home leagues I'm in, I'm doing quite well. I mean, we share those teams. One of them, I'd have the main control. Another one, we like split control. We're in first place in one by 10 points. We're in uh, third place in another. 
My TGFBI team is shot. It's gone already. I have Cole, which is wonderful. Ozuna, Snell, Hira, four out of my first top six picks down the crapper already. So I'm already screwed with that. There's no chance for me coming back. And we're also together in an NFBC league. And I mentioned the fact that we have so many Mets. We have Alonzo, who is hurt. McNeil, who is hurt. Grisham, who is hurt. Canna, who is hurt. Lamette, who is hurt. Dustin May, who is hurt. Paxton, who is hurt. Nate Pearson, who is hurt. So, you know, there's really no chance in either of those leagues. Yeah. Aside from that, I'm doing pretty well. I'm in first in labor, uh, first in TGFBI, second in town, and GDD, which is a bunch of experts in the league. I'm second place. Uh, so, so far, so good. Hopefully, uh, we'll move it to the end. Uh, before we start our fantasy all-star uh, show, we're going to do right from the top our Injury Gurus Trivia of the Week. We're going to talk about the fantasy all-stars, and the best type of fantasy all-stars are the ones that are not on people's radar when draft season is going on. So the trivia question for the week is this. According to the NFBC ADP from January 1st until the beginning of the season, April 1st, how many players whose ADP was over 500 are now statistically in the top 100? Are Are we making guesses? You can guess. Please guess. I'm going to guess there are six players, because uh, I can think of three off the top of my head. Yeah. I'll so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm th- I can only think about 50%, so I'm going to go six. Okay. Paul? I'm going to go... I'm going to go with four. I'm going to go a little lower with four. Okay, Ariel, what do you think? I'll split the difference. I'll say five. Okay. So, again, this is ADP over 500 and are currently in the top 100 statistically in a 5x5 five five, uh, Roto League. The answer is two. What? Oh, I swear to God, two. I almost said that. Wow. Can I, can I name them? Now, I if you can it. name them, you, you, well, you can get the extra credit. They're both on my list. I'm certain of it. It has they, they to be said Mullins and Carlos Rodon. No, Rod- Mullins no. was taken in my NFBC League, so it can't be 500. Well, he was so he was so late in mine. Yeah, uh, kinda, I think it depends on where what what I guess ADP it, yeah. you're looking at so. and when you drafted. Yeah. But um, I mean, Adolis, oh, is Adolis Garcia on that's that one list? Of them. That's yeah. one of them. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm Who gonna... drafted Adolis? Good heads up Nobody to those did. folks. Yeah. Rodon wasn't his, one. His his ADP at the time of of opening day or around from January first to opening day was seven forty six. I believe that. I believe that all day. And the second one, anyone want to venture a guess here? Can can we get a position? Is that cheating if we get a shortstop. position? Shortstop. Oh, yeah. Shortstop. Giants. It's it's Crawford. Right? Oh, it's Crawford. It's yeah. Crawford. Yeah. It's Crawford. Sense. He was he's like five twenty three. So nice, those are the nice. two guys that if you're doing well in a league, those are two big reasons. If you have them, you're For probably sure. doing very well. Well, yeah. Then I I, I was focused too much on early drafts because I do think Sed and, and Rodon have some five hundreds in there, but that's probably not their actual draft position. So that's fair. Right. Correct. Good. Good. Right. Good trivia. I like that. That's fun. Yeah. So uh, so on today's show, we're going to talk about who we think is the fantasy MVP, not the MVP MVP. I mean, uh, you got Shohei Otani in discussion for MVP, but is he the fantasy MVP? I don't know. Let's debate it. So let's go around the room and give who we think uh, the person is. Let's start with you, Paul. Who is your fantasy MVP so far for the 2021 year? I mean, it will be the aforementioned uh, Sed Mullins. I'm going to take it from Justin because 
that's the kind of person that I am. Uh, he's he's 11th in the in the uh, Rasball Player Raider. I imagine similarly as high on the auction calculator for what he's done. And while he may not have had a 500 something ADP, it was very late and it had to be in the 300s, even when Justin was taking him because he wasn't bumping him up too much because he didn't have to. And here we are, he cuts the switch hitting and goes ahead and hits 316, 384, 549 with 16 homers and 15 stolen bases. I'm pretty sure if I had told Justin that that's what he's gonna get for the year, he would have been fine with that. Um, and, and yet, we're, we're at 85 games for him, and he has those numbers. So, said Mullins is mine. Uh, find another one, Justin. Ha. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take another one because said Mullins wasn't going to be mine. Oh, okay. uh, as much as as much as I love said Mullins, I think the whether you're going to take him as a hitter or pitcher, the aforementioned Shohei Otani is the fantasy MVP because you got him extremely late, and you've been able to use him in either spot where he's been great in either spot. Uh, he's been the number two hitter, according to the Rasball Player Raider. Uh, you probably got him outside of the top 150, depending on when your draft was. Uh, and he's just been an absolute insane monster. Uh, and especially if you're playing in daily uh, moves leagues where you can use him as one player, not only are you getting to maximize all your plate appearances, all your innings pitched, you also get to add another player to your roster, which is a huge, huge advantage. Uh, and he's going to be a first-round pick next year as a DH and deserves it. I, I yeah. totally agree. I actually ended up drafting. He's two pieces in tout, and I, I, I auctioned both of them. Um, one of them for a dollar, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, in, you can in, guess tout, in tout mixed auction, uh, Joe Pizapia wanted to draft the hitter and accidentally drafted the pitcher and got stuck with both, oh. and it's worked out pretty darn well for him got stuck with yeah i I paid a total and he was he was angry i i imagine (laughs) so i i i paid a total of five dollars for him four for the hitter one for the pitcher and you know i wish i was doing better i wish i'd built a better team around him because i'm not leveraging that advantage enough uh, uh, with a five and eight record right wow moving i'm gonna go with kyle schwarber Carl Schwarber, he, he outfield is so shallow. It seems so shallow. When you're going the waiver wire, it's so shallow. He has stats already that if he played a full season, this is the stats you'd think he have. 253, 25 homers, 53 RBIs. This is a typical, this is what people would expect from Carl Schwarber. You got it in the first half. Yes, he's hurt, but still, I think you can get a lot more out of him, and I think it's worthwhile. Yeah, so judging by the preseason draft value. So I'm going to use the NFBC AAV, so what the player was auctioned for, uh, versus the Fangraphs auction calculator. The largest bargain is Shohei Otani, the hitter. At a, he, he was taken for just $10 in NFBC auctions. He's returned 44 and that doesn't even include the pitching, right? Because the pitching, on weeks that you don't use him for hitting, you could use him for pitching, and that might even increase him more. He's a $34 bargain, which is incredible. Um, you know, in daily leagues, Shohei Otani is easily the fantasy MVP because you're getting both the, all the hitting and the pitching stats. I mean, you're, you're, the only stats you're not getting as a hitter are the days that he pitches, which I would imagine yeah. you would use him at the pitcher. But he's incredible. Um, Cedric Mullins would be number two at a $31 uh, bargain over cost. Um, amongst drafted players, Jared Walsh would be the next player 
um, taken for just $3, turned into a $26 value. Unbelievable. And uh, next up in that was Carlos Rodon, taken for an average of a dollar, like the last pick in the NFBC. He's turned $23 of value for a $22 profit. Those are the fantasy MVPs by style. Um, I'll, I'll give one more, though. Um, well, actually, the, 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 those uh, uh, that's a pitcher. Um, uh, we mentioned all hitters. Uh, can, can we do the uh, pitcher MVP as well? Who is the fantasy pitcher, pure pitcher MVP? Uh, Rodon, by value, is, is what I have first. But let's go to you, Justin, first. Who do you have as your pitcher MVP? Whew, this one's a tough one for me, and I'm actually going to go a little bit different way uh, than I originally was going to do, which was I, I was going to go Rodon. Um but I'm actually going to go reliever, and I'm, I'm going to give it to Mark Melanson. Uh, you got him, on average, in the main event at pick 311. He leads Major League Baseball with 26 saves halfway through the season. And just a huge advantage for those guys who are like, I'm not going to pay for saves. I'm going to take Mark Melanson. <laughs> uh, you know, 221 ERA. You're not getting many strikeouts from him, but the 26 saves is huge. Four more than the first closer off the board in Liam Hendricks. Yeah, good pick. Paul? Yeah, I actually, too, was going to go Rodon, but again, in the interest of, of kind of highlighting some more guys, uh, I'll pivot from him, especially since we already spoke about him, and I'll go out to Justin's favorite team and talk about Anthony Desclafani, who was in that afterthought realm. Uh, you know, he was not getting the juice of some of the other San Francisco guys, even though they've been doing pretty well with these reclamation projects, and they've turned him into a full-on stud. Nine and three, with a 284 ERA, 102 whip, and 93 strikeouts in 101.3 innings right now. Two shutouts as well. That's the thing. He's been going really deep into games, and that's kind of what makes him next level. And, you know, he's an older guy. Yes, he's had some injuries in his in his career, but I think the Giants are going to let him go. You know, as a 31-year-old, I don't know why they'd baby him. He's on a one-year deal. I think he's got a good shot to reach 200, so he might have another 100 innings in the tank. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, the next spot. I think it's Kevin Gaussman. Um, he is the number one player in points leagues this year. Uh, he he is absolutely incredible. Uh, Thirty four dollar value. He cost thirteen in auctions. I got him actually in the TGFBI league with with Justin. Um, and, and Justin, when I remember, he was like, Ah, damn, you got Gaussman. Uh, uh, yeah, I, no, you, you really pissed me off in the, on that one because we were drafting, uh, I think, right next to each other. Yes. And I had them all queued up and everything. And yeah, yes. no. Yeah, I, I couldn't let that, that one go. 174 ERA, 0.8 whip. If you're in a roto league and you have a, a, a starter who's throwing tons of innings with a 0.8 whip, that gives a lot of room for some other players. You can throw a lot of two star pitchers in there and rely on that 0.8 whip. That's incredible. 3.1 war on the year. Uh, I, I got Gaussman. Uh, Ruvain, how about you? I actually have a 1 and 1A. One My 1 is going to be Trevor Rogers, who's actually being traded all over the place because people think that he's going to have an innings limit, which he may have. But, I mean, he's been ridiculous. In 97 innings, 118 strikeouts, a 2.22 ERA, 105 whip. That's really, really good for a, for a Marlins team. And he's even getting you some wins. He's got seven wins on a team that's in last place, even though they're in last place, even though they have the best run differential in the National League East. My 1B is going to to be Chris Bassett. If you had Chris Bassett, he's he's just a solid guy. He's a, he's not a big name guy, but he's possibly 
possibly Frankie Montez not included, a possible ace for the Oakland Athletics. He should be an all-star. Um, he's got 115 strikeouts and 111 innings. His whip is 1.07. His ERA is okay. It's 3.41. But for what you bargain for, he is totally worth it. And he, if you had those two guys on your team, they're both healthy. They could help you navigate if you didn't get one of those top aces early on. Hey, Paul and Justin, what are your take on Trevor Rogers in terms of how many innings he has left? Because I think that a lot of people right now just say, hey, let's just ride him. But if you're talking about value going forward, it's possible he, he's much, much lower in value because he might end the season in August or so. Well, what's your take on him? I'm inclined to let it ride uh, because he's been so good, and I'll take the other, what, 60 innings that I can get. Um, you know, I think he should at least get to a buck 50, buck 60 area because it's going to happen so rampantly. You know, we talk about this every year, usually highlighting a few individuals. This year, it's a league-wide thing. Veterans are going to face some limits and, and, and be finagled a little bit. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, I, I wouldn't sell him just to sell him for that reason. If I can get something important that helps my team, sure. But everybody knows what's going on. So everyone's going to, you know, come back to your trade offer and say, yeah, I can't give you this because you know as well as I that Trevor Rogers is going to be shut down. So I'm inclined to just ride it out. I don't play in any trade, trade leagues except for tout and labor, and I didn't get him in either of those. So I don't have that option. But even if I did, I'm riding it out with Trevor Rogers. And I tend to disagree that there's this kind of foregone conclusion that he is going to get shut down. I mean, he threw over 136 innings uh, in 2019. We don't know what he was doing at the alt site before he made it up to the majors. They may have been working him like a regular starter. Uh, and, I mean, the Marlins as an organization uh, for years, even prior to Jeter taking over, has been going by the theory of let's not waste your bullets in other places. Let's let's put them on the field. Uh, and what we saw with them with Sixto Sanchez last season was, hey, they may have skipped a couple starts for Sixto to kind of limit him, but they let him go six, seven innings and a lot of starts. Uh, and I think we'll see the same. He may get a few starts skipped here and there, but I think they're going to let him go. But but you're 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 mentioning mentioning Sixto. He's done for the season now. He's having shoulder surgery, so I don't know if that's what they're going to do again. They may not do that again because they're nervous. I, it's something that happened to him. He do the but same. But he was already injured. Yeah, Sixto's had injury race. issues. I think that that goes to you know kind of kind of support my point. Sixto has been injured all throughout the minor leagues, and they still did that with him. They're going to do it with Rogers. I don't. I don't. I mean. And honestly, I, th I think there are going to be a lot of people who are trying to play guessing games and throwing darts with who's going to get limited and who's not. We don't know. No one knows. I think there are teams who don't even know what they're going to do yet because yeah. it's never happened before. There's no historical context for this. Yeah. And so I, I think trying to play a guessing game of, you know, who's going to, going to be affected and when is foolhardy and kind of a waste of your time when you could be studying other things. Well, let me ask you, though, if, if you're the fantasy strategy question, you know, if you're in first place, you know, and, and you're just trying to protect the lead, you're looking for expected production. Wouldn't it be wise to take a little bit of the risk out and say, you know what, he's probably going to stay all year. I don't know if he's going to stay all year. Let's just trade him for a, a, a more known commodity just to get the expectation. Let's, but, of course, if you're on the flip side. Let's put some I'm names sorry? to it real quick because that's the tough part. What, what are we getting? Let's put a few names to it if you can think of a couple. Um, sure. Um, 
Why don't you use the Mets, like a Taiwan Walker or or, or uh, yeah, Marcus Stroman? Stroman didn't pitch at all last year. He he opted out. Is he going to have an innings limit? Because you can trade those. You don't know. The Mets may go deep into the season in a playoff run. He's going to keep pitching. They're not going to shut him down. Yeah, but, I mean, he's already had injury issues this year. Taiwan Walker is made of glass. I hope he can stay all together. Like, I mean, you're, hey, you're, hey, you're, hey, you're making – you're, you're, you're taking guesses and give me the talent. And if you're in first place already, you're there for a reason. It's because you're good at evaluating talent and you will find someone after you bank the remaining stats. Would you take Joe Musgrove? Yeah, but I think that's a pretty equal trade just to begin with. Right. So for equal trade, like again, my point is if you're if you're holding a lead, take the equal trade to reduce the risk. But, but of who, course, who's if you're gonna in... do that? Like, I mean, if, if I come to you and go, uh, I'll give you Trevor Rogers for Joe Musgrove, you're going to be like, why? Yeah, well, I, I, I again, I think it's about the risk. If you're in uh, seventh place, you need uh, to increase risk. So Trevor Rogers, I would hold on to. But if you're in first place by seven points, I think you just want to get some innings and strikeouts to fill in, get an equivalent value with less risk of shutdown. No? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the only way you get away with something like this is if, is if you trade for a hitter. If you, if you say, I'm going to get from under this pitcher completely and go for a hitter, you know, go try and go go try to trade him for, I don't know, Tommy Pham or, or you know, some hitter maybe is a little bit underrated right now. Uh, and you're like, okay, I might, you know, this guy might lose innings at the end of the year. I'm going to try to go pick up a hitter I really like at this point. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of trading for a bargain. But anyways, um, uh, relief pitchers, Alex Reyes is the number one bargain according to uh, AAV versus Price at $15. He was only available for just a dollar. The Cardinals situation was just unknown. Uh, people might have thought it was Hicks. Reyes really went underdrafted and uh, has turned a major, major profit. with. Yeah, it was Hicks and Gallegos were... were... The ones that like everyone thought Hicks would get it when he came back, and that like maybe Gallegos would hold it in the interim, or even if Reyes did, it would be interim, and he survived despite the 131 whip. It, it's a bit of a house of cards though with that walk rate. It's very Marmolian, if you guys remember Carlos yep. Marmol. That's right. That's right. Uh, we're gonna do the uh, waiver pickup of the year. Although I think I think it's pretty standard. It's Adolis Garcia and Brandon yeah. Crawford, right? It, it's, yeah. Anybody want to add uh, somebody to that? I'm gonna add someone to it. Because ahead, Justin, Justin Mason is on a podcast, so obviously he's going to talk about Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson. Yeah. And I can say he's a waiver pickup because he got shellacked in his first start, and everybody yep. who drafted him dropped him. Since that first start, he has a 186 ERA over 101 innings. I'll allow it. Six yeah. wins. I mean, he's yeah. been fantastic. I, you know? I made a boo boo in uh, in Tat Wars. I actually drafted him. He was my he was the very last pick of the draft uh, of the, the Tat Wars draft. I picked at him. Uh, Imagine but, if you hadn't, and you're already ten yeah. and four. My goodness, Frank Stanford yeah. would be in deep trouble if you hadn't cut him. But getting clobbered by KC, didn't get out of the first, only got one out. Yeah. I don't blame a single person who cut him because that's the kind of churn that you have to do. Yeah. And it reminds me of Scott Pianowski's, you know, catchphrase or not catchphrase, but one of the things he likes to say that if you don't if you don't make some mistakes during the year with your moves, then you're then you're not being active enough. Like you're supposed to churn the bottom of your roster to find the Adolis Garcias and Cal. And sometimes you cut 
the Adolis Garcia or Kyle Gibson. It happens. I wouldn't beat myself up over it, especially the fact that you're still doing remarkably well in that league. It'd be one yeah. thing if you were like one pitcher away and you had a 500 record and you could point to him and be like, that's the reason I'm failing, but you're still right. doing very well. So it, it's a lot easier to stomach, I imagine. Yep. No, exactly there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some buy lows and sell highs. Maybe each of us uh, give a buy low and sell high. Let's start with you, Paul. All right, I'm going to go for the uh, buy low on Eugenio Suarez. Um, you know, and there's nothing that really jumps out and says, oh, this this is a must buy because this number, this number, and this number. He still has 17 homers. I'm not going to sit here and spin a 180 average to you, though we do know that bad averages don't hurt as much. A 180 hurts you no matter what context we're in. We're not in a, we're not in a situation where league averages is, you know, 205 or something. So 180 still hurts, but the power's there. He basically did this last year and was ready to turn it all the way around, but then the season ran out. And I just think that I, I'm leaning on Suarez's track record here with the power still being there i think that the the babip will come back it's at 201 it was at 214 last year i realize we're now at 139 games of a really low babip and at some point he's playing a role in it but i do believe that with the skills still mostly intact that suarez will be fine i think he can hit a like a 230 the rest of the way with a boatload of homers yeah and the power is there he has 17 homers on the year so exactly you're, you're, you're getting that you know you're getting that uh, okay, uh, let's go with you, Justin. Who's your buy low? I'm going to go with Eduardo Rodriguez. And this is a guy who was fading coming the year because of all the health issues that COVID caused uh, for him last year with myocarditis. But in spite of a 5.52 ERA, he's got a 3.39 xERA and a 3.65 FIP. Uh, I mean, he's been really, really good. Ten strikeouts per nine, two walks per nine. I think he's going to turn it around uh, in the second half and, and be a really, really good part of a surprisingly good Red Sox team. Uh, and so Eduardo Rodriguez is someone who I've seen on waiver wires in 12 and even deeper leagues than that uh, that should be rostered everywhere. You you took my pick, Justin. You really did. Uh, he's got a uh, 64% strand rate, which is very low. You know, his swinging strike rate is in line with career norms. His first pitch strike is career high. CSW of 29%, career high. Uh, he had a terrible outing last night, but, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's somebody that uh, the Red Sox believe in, and he will settle after a year of no pitching. Uh, Ruvain, how about you? Uh, let me push back oh, a little sure. bit on Eduardo, if you don't okay. mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you're, I'm, I'm no, not you're sure. not allowed to, Paul. Stop. Yeah, I'm not sure I buy it. I'm still looking at the 1.4 home run rate. Uh, he's had consistent home run issues throughout his career. Even when he's been good, he's been a, kind of a, a, a whip drag with a career best of 126. So even if he gets to that, uh, you know, the, the, those FIP and Sierra numbers, which I do not think is guaranteed because of the home run, which uh, they're in the mid threes, I think he's still going to be a whip issue that you have to be concerned with. I'm not so sure that the 361 BABIP is completely uh, bad luck there. So I, I'd be careful diving in head first here to Eduardo. I think I think even more home runs could be in the offing too. There's nothing particularly agreed just about the 1.4 so I, I i've tread lightly there with eduardo I, I wish him the best of health and i'm glad that he's back in pitching but i'm not i'm a little nervous about buying i like the underlying skills the the strikeout and walk are there but the home runs are there and i don't know that the hit rate is going to shrink massively from the 10.2 that it's at over under four era rest of year for eduardo over Ball. over i'm over. gonna put him at a justin you're going 420 under? yeah i'm going under all right Ruben, i'm going under i'm under. going under i'm gonna go under also Three to one, Paul. Suckers, suckers all of you. 
<laughs> All right, Ruvain, how about yours? All right, because I'm the injury guy, I'm going to pick an injury guy who's injured for a buy low, and you could probably get him off a lot of people because people are very frustrated with him, and that's Adalberto Mondesi. He's yes. only played 10 games so far. 10. He's played well in those 10 games. He's batting 361, four homers, and only one stolen base. But what do people look like? Well, look for toward the end of the season? They're looking for people for saves and looking for steals. This is the guy you could buy now very cheap because people are frustrated. Maybe they need a roster spot. This is the guy to get. Yeah, he's the right guy, but I don't know if you can buy law on him. I think anybody who's rostering him is is holding because, uh, you know. But, yeah, but how long? It's already all-star break. People are going to get desperate, and they need to fill other spots, and they can't yeah, wait for he... him to come back. But he's he's the he's the guy that can like make up for the lost time. Like he could yeah. steal twenty five bags in the last month of the that, season. That's true. So what you have to look at for Ruvain's uh, pick to be correct is see where those teams are in speed. Have they a found a replacement or b so buried that it won't matter? And then you can address it. If they're in the middle of the pack of steals, I'd say don't waste your time because they're either going to charge you an arm or a leg or they're not going to sell Mondesi at all. But I do think there are scenarios where it is viable to go in and get him at something of a discount. It's not going to be cheap. This is this is a buy low that is still going to be expensive, but right. lower than it would normally be. So I, I think it's viable. You just have to do the little extra legwork. The legwork you should be doing anyway. You should be looking at the standings of your trade partner anytime you're making a move uh, in the first place. So I, I hear what Ariel and Justin's pushback is, but I think it can be combated depending on the particular team in question that you're trading with. Yeah, that's true. Good defense there. Um, let me go with two guys, actually. One is uh, Lourdes Gurriel. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Love I him. mean, he was projected as a $15 player. Disaster in April. He had a 224 average in April with a 53 WRC+. Plus. That is putrid. In Don't May, I know it. Yeah, in May, 79 WRC+. Plus. But in June, batting 302, 125 WRC+, plus since June 1st. His exit velocity has gone way up. He had six homers and 19 RBIs in the last month or so. Um, when you're looking at him, people are looking at their team of the whole stats for the year. And if you look at his whole line for the year, it looks like garbage. But if you actually discount the first two months, just look at last year, just look at the last month, he's fantastic. I think he's a terrific buy-low player. Uh, Ariel, and, uh, can I tack on one thing there? Yeah. I know, I, I know. I'm sorry, I'm being stupid or annoying and adding sure, on sure, everything. Sure. But the uh, uh, the month thing, uh, it's simple and easy to look at, but it doesn't even do him justice. He really got going in mid-May, and you can even do like a 30, first 33 games breakdown where he had a 492 OPS to his last 43 games where he has an 884. The turnaround started late May, and he's carried it on since then. So I love Gurriel Jr. He was one of my big, you know, kind of go-get guys this year that I was really nervous about after that April, but uh, he's back and he's in such a brilliant lineup that the counting categories should be there all year too, the rest of the way. Yeah. Oh, the, the runs and RBIs are just going to stack up. That that Blue Jay lineup is lethal. Um, and John Birdie, I think that uh, you know he may even be a waiver wire guy now. He's owned in less than 15% of CVS leagues. I mean, the, the, his career stolen bases in the months of March through July, nine. Career stolen bases August and on, 26. He started to steal. He has four stolen bases in his last 10 games. You know, if you're in Roto, where in the world are you getting your stolen bases from? It's John Birdie. If, you, if you're if you in a deep league and some owner is desperate to get rid of him, who's fed up, John Birdie is the buy low guy to get you going in steals. All right. Uh, let's do sell high. Quick sell high here. Let's go uh, Justin first, who is somebody who's overperformed who you should sell. 
Whew, this is a tough one because there's no one that really jumps out at me as someone I think is like completely fraudulent. I think I'm going to go with the aforementioned Brandon Crawford, though. I just don't think he can keep this up. Uh, I mean, he, he's pretty much like on pace to have just an amazing career season, like at the age of 34 or something like that. It's a contract year for him. Maybe that's pumping him up a little bit. I just don't buy it. It's an awful part to hit in. Uh, he's never done this. I don't think he didn't make any sort of like major change to his swing or profile. Uh, I think he's going to slow down considerably. I don't even know that you can sell high on him necessarily. So I don't know that people are really going to buy, but he's one that I would maybe even just try to offload on for uh, a little bit uh, more than what you paid for. Paul? Um, I'm actually going to go with somebody we already discussed. Uh, it is Kyle Gibson. I do think How he's definitely somebody you? that, but <laughs> because you can sell him high because he has performed so well. Um, you know, he has a 22% strikeout rate, which is it's not very good these days. It's definitely not ace-like. Obviously, everything else that he's doing is making him valuable. And there is an 11% swinging strike rate that suggests maybe there's a little upside there. But he's had double-digit strike rates in the past and maintained similar strikeout rates. So I don't think there's any reason to believe that Kyle Gibson will add strikeouts. And... You never know how a trade might affect somebody, and there's a good chance he gets traded. Now, there are plenty of instances where a guy gets traded, and he goes off. He gets in that pennant race, and he just feeds off it, and boom, look at that pickup that so-and-so team made. There are just as many cases where the guy kind of uh, ambles along, and, and maybe they don't take to it too well, or maybe they just regress, and it would have happened with their other team. You know, you can't say that it's because of the trade, but it is another uncertain factor there. And like I said, I believe you can actually get something substantial for Kyle Gibson because those numbers are so gaudy. Uh, they have a, a good measure of believability to them that I think you should go out and try to trade Kyle Gibson because the returns will be rich and then you don't have to deal with any hassle. The one caveat there is I do think he's obviously going to get uh, all the innings he can handle and push like 200 and that volume can probably make up for some of the regression, but I'd still be open to trading Kyle Gibson. Suck it, Justin. <laughs> two, two good picks so far. Uh, Ruvain, how about you? You know, I was thinking about two guys, but I went to a third guy in the end. I was thinking about Yuli Gurriel because he's his age. He's 37. I don't think he can keep it up. And I was thinking about Aaron Judge because he's all so injury prone, and this is the time you can get the most for him. But I ended up sticking with, and this is who I think I'm a Met fan. I'm not saying this because I'm a Met fan, but I'm saying this because of what's happened in the last month. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole was picked as one of the top two, top three pitchers. In the last month, his ERA has gone up 1.6 points. He's getting beaten up by the Red Sox, who's playing, who's going to be playing a lot. He's going to be facing that Toronto team in Buffalo, wherever they are in the heat. He's going to get just completely destroyed, especially if he's not using that spider tech anymore or whatever he was, whatever he was using. I would be so nervous having him because you don't know what Garrett Cole you're going to get. His area, I think, is 4.29 over the past month, which is just totally insane. That's not what you're paying for. So he is an all-star. Play off of that, and you can get a big hole for him, and you can probably get another pitcher in there who can be, who can put up that four point two nine over the next month. Yeah, are are there any other pitchers who, because of the sticky substance ban, you think uh, is gonna you know gain a, a run of ERA? And Cole would be one of them, obviously. Anyone? Uh, well, Garrett Richards little... already added it. Yeah, I mean, but no one no one's still rostering Garrett Richards. Really shouldn't be. Uh, I, I'm a little worried about Joe Musgrove. His ERA has been atrocious since 
the 21st when this ban went into effect. He hasn't looked the same. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit worried about him. Not quite as worried as I am about Cole because you invested just so much into Garrett Cole, but Musgrove is a guy that is scaring me a little bit right now. Did, did our resident Met fans see anything to be concerned with with Corbin Burns yesterday when he started? I mean, the numbers were great. Um, I wasn't super dialed into the game. I had it on my iPad, but it was on mute. I know there was some concern about him, even though the skills have been fine. I think the cutter has been a bit worse or whatever. Um, so the, the numbers aren't there to scare anybody, but I have heard some grumblings of concerns about Burns related to that cutter. Did you guys see anything of note that suggested that he was off or or of worry to to take a tumble? No, not, not really. No, uh, he 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 looked he looked very good. He just he just lost it after he just started an inning. He had three straight hits, and that was the end of it. And they just pulled him. So in, and it, plus it was a seven inning game. When you're pitching in a seven inning game, yeah. the manager usually have a short has a shorter leash. You don't know if he could have pitched out of it. He, they took him out. He only had seventy two pitches thrown already at that point. So I I think he's I think he's fine. I think he's still in, in the ace of that staff, and I think he will be fine going forward. But another Yankee who, if you want to try to trade for saves or, tr or sell high on, is another all-star, and that's Chapman, or oldest Chapman. How much confidence do you have him being your number one closer anymore? Oh, man. I know the Yankees don't. Yeah. yeah, they don't, and they have some options. You know, Chad Green could do the job. Um, you know, I, I think Jonathan Loisga could too, but I think they'll actually start to lean on him for longer outings and maybe even give him a few starts. But Chad Green could go in that role, and he'd be perfectly capable if Chapman continues to struggle like this. Agreed. Uh, my guys, quickly, uh, Kyle Schwarber. I, I just don't think he's this good, and you can probably get a lot for him. 35% well, homer Can you with the injury, ratio. though? Huh? Can you with yeah, the he's... injury, though? He's out for a good while. I he's don't out know for that. like a month. Oh. That, that's the scary part there. What, oh, what's right. the, what's the official on him, Ruvain? Do you have any, any notes on uh, how long he's going to be out? Because I think it's going to be a minute with that hamstring. It's, it's going to be at least a month. Um, and then he has to rehab and, and bring it back. And I don't know how great his hamstrings were before this. And he does not like, he's not the best athlete or best looking athlete. So it may take a little bit longer for him to get back. I mean, look at a similar build is a guy like Cole Calhoun, who had an injury to his hamstring also. And he hasn't come back yet. So you don't know how bad it is. You don't know if he's going to try to push it too soon. If the Nationals aren't really in it, they may try to push him a little quicker so they can trade him. Yeah, that's a tough one. He's injured. What about Trevor Bauer? Uh <laughs> over under one inning of for the rest of the season. Under. Oh, wow. He's not, he's not coming back. Right. I think he's, I think he'll be back. Not this year. I I no, think no. it's the, the answer is under, and I think you can trade him for over twenty five cents on the dollar, and you can get it, and you should. Yeah, f that guy. I, I don't yeah. even care. Like I mean. Yeah, that's that's just yeah. where I'm at. I'm not going to yeah. get into it too much. Yep. All right. Anyways, but it's still a fan. It's it, whatever it is. It's a fantasy decision. You have to make your guesstimate on the innings because that matters. And if you think he's not going to pitch, it's a sell, right? It's, he shouldn't. Yeah. If if major league if major league baseball has any balls whatsoever, they will say you are done until this is completely cleared up and you are cleared. Yep. 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 And, exactly. And if you can't if you can't trade him. And he's and you need a roster spot at this point. Would you be comfortable dropping him? I would. Yeah, I would. He, got, so. he I, got dropped in a main event by a top fifteen team. Ten, and if you, and if you more like if you morally want to do it too, like I understand. Like I, I, you know, at the end of the day, we're having fun. I know we're trying to make money and and win and all that too. But not wanting to have a scumbag on your team, that's defensible. Too. Like I don't have any issues with that personally. 
Yeah, I mean, in fantasy, if I do have money invested, I, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm gonna take the morality out of it. I'm just gonna make my. Decision I understand. That, I'm, so, I'm just know. saying, like, if, if that's where somebody's going yep. with it, yeah, then yeah. that I understand that too. But I think from a fan, from like on the field, I don't think he's gonna pitch, so I'd, I'd cut right. him anyway. Right. Waiver wire. Let's. Uh, there is no pitcher preview this week because we're going into the All Star break, but there are some undervalued waiver wire pickups. Uh, let's go around the room just quickly. Our last segment as to uh, somebody who might interest you from the wire. Let's start with you, uh, Ruvain, actually, uh, who's somebody you'd pick up. Okay, there I got I got two guys, so I hope I don't steal from you guys. Um, I'm going to say Harrison Bader. He's only owned in 12% of CBS leagues in 28 games so far. He's got six homers, four stolen bases. He's only batting 227, but he's playing every day. And if you need a source of stolen bases, he, if he's playing every day, and if he can stay healthy, that's great. He's a great pickup. And Jake Fraley. Of, of the of the uh, Seattle Mariners, 26% owned in CBS. That's it. He's got a 253 average, seven homers, and seven stolen bases, which sounds very similar to the guy who's on his team who did something similar to that was Dylan Moore. Very similar profile type thing. And in the last week, he's batted 312 with two homers and two stolen bases. So if you need a guy to fill in in your outfield, those are two guys actually who can take. I'm in on both of those, by the way. Uh, the Bader call-out was great. I was actually picking him up in a bunch of leagues last week, so those are great call-outs. Yep. Justin, how about you? Uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Meagill, um, yeah. who has been absolutely fantastic for the Mets, uh, and they have a need in that rotation right now, and I think he can kind of solidify himself in that rotation moving forward. A 32% strikeout rate uh, so far. Add that to a 51% ground ball rate, and you've got a guy who – isn't going to get into too much trouble as long as that defense behind him uh, stays uh, healthy and intact. So I like Tyler Meagill a lot, available in a ton of leagues right now, though he is getting picked up quite a bit over the last week or so. Uh, and then a guy who's, again, available in a ton of leagues uh, and hasn't been quite picked up yet, Mike fulton changed the grips on his uh, slider and his curveball, and he has been much better since doing that. Uh, you know, more of a kind of a streamer type, but a guy who I would uh, expect to get traded here at the deadline and uh, on a better team uh, might be good for him uh, in his win potential. I, I like Mike fulton uh kind of an older uh, kind of fantasy favorite of mine. Love both of those. Paul? I got a couple of uh, closer specs for those looking for saves. I yeah. mentioned this one on the sleeper in the bus this morning. Anthony Bender starting to get garner some attention. Uh, he got a save this week. I think Yimmy had pitched a, a, a bunch in a row there, so it wasn't necessarily the changing of the guard yet. But he's been absolutely filthy in 27 and a third with 37 strikeouts, just 13 hits, and only seven walks. 0.99 ERA, 0.73 WHIP. So I like Bender there. I think he should get the job. He's 26 as well. I know sometimes we work about young guys getting the job because of their price going up and Anthony Bass is there. It's not a foregone conclusion that he'll take it, but he's very clearly the best pitcher in that bullpen. And uh, I think he should get an opportunity when Yimmy Garcia gets traded. And as a 30 year old, he should get traded. Also, this guy's definitely out uh, in Pittsburgh. Rich Rod will be traded. Like there's no universe where they keep him. They're the dumbest team in the universe if they do that. And David Bednar, uh, was somebody I was keeping tabs on coming into the year. He got off to a little bit of a rough start, but he has stabilized. Uh, 327 ERA, 109 whip, 
41 strikeouts in 33 innings, also 26 years old. Kyle Crick just walks far too many guys, doesn't miss enough bats. He's kind of the assumed guy. I don't buy it. I think David Bednar has every bit uh, of a big chance to get that opportunity. He has 12 games finished, second most on the team. So he's kind of the de facto game finisher, not closer because he doesn't have any saves, but the game finisher when Rich Rod uh, hasn't done it. And then one hitter I'll give is Tyler Stevenson. People trying to replace Yasmani Grandal right now. He's very available in one catcher formats. Yes, he's still sharing time with Tucker Barnhart, who, by the way, you could go with Barnhart too, who's killing righties. Um, and terrible against lefties, but that's where Tyler Stevenson comes in. He's killing lefties, but he's capable against righties. So he's been playing more often lately, and uh, I think he could get, if Stevenson gets a little bit more of the lion's share or if the schedule works in his favor with more lefties, I like him better as the offensive bat, but I'll say either Cincinnati catcher that's available, I would take as a Yasmani replacement. Yeah, I I like them. You you uh, took my thunder on all the uh, closers there. Sorry Bender about that. is yeah no, but Anthony Bender is uh, Howard Bender actually recommended him. He said it's his cousin. I don't know. That's that's uh, fantastic. Yeah, seven uh, percent owned. He got the last two save ops. Uh, he blew one though, but uh, he yeah he's definitely somebody you should throw a dart on. Um, and Bednar, yeah, I I was talking about him on uh, Under the Radar podcast the uh, last week and. Bednar, I've had on a couple teams all year. The other guy I had on a team all year we mentioned earlier in the podcast is Chad Green. Chad, I don't care if he closes or not. He's worth it for your roster. He's an $8 rotisserie player with no saves. Uh, now, you, if you if he happens to get the saves job, my God, he's probably the best closer in baseball if you think about it. Uh, I don't know that. I think Chad, I think they'll go with Chapman until he can't throw anymore. But, I mean, .72 whip on the year, 40-something innings, that, that, that's going to really uh, impress your ratios. You know, if you have anybody who's .7 whip or better, it doesn't matter if they're close to getting saves or wins. That guy's going to help your your ratios. Well, plus Um, he can get wins, right? He's in the leveraged spots. Chad Green comes in when it's the hottest. He's their fireman. So he does have three wins. He has four losses, but he's in those those game deciding moments so you could steal another three four wins out of him another three four st- saves so even if he doesn't close i'm with you i like rostering those middle relievers instead of just taking my shot on you know fifth starter on yes. pittsburgh yes. or something it's so much smarter to take the middle relief innings yes i, I drafted green in almost every single league i have uh and uh, I-, I play that way don't don't pitch a seven star don't get gombered just get get exactly uh, get get greens instead that's better <laughs> um you know uh, the other, I'll, I'll mention uh, catcher also, uh, Eric Haas, only 30% owned, 12 homers, 252 batting average. He's a $12 rotisserie value in 5x5, five 15-team. Five, um, he's probably the, the biggest bargain of any catcher for this year. Uh, if he's somehow still available in your league, even in one-catcher leagues, he's worth grabbing. Uh, I would pick him up surely. All right, uh, very quick injury update, Ruvain. Go for it. How do you do a quick injury update this year? That's very hard. <laughs> we'll try um, we'll start with Carlos Martinez, who's placed on the I.O. with a torn ligament in his right thumb. There's no timetable for his return. If surgery is needed, he can be out for up to two months. Clayton Kershaw has been on the I.O. with left forearm inflammation. They regularly, originally called it left elbow inflammation. We don't know how bad it is. We don't know how long he's going to miss. So, t- you know, we'll see how that goes. Eddie Rosario, who's been underperforming this year, is placed on the I.O. with abdominal strain. President Cleveland's president, Chris Antonetti, actually described, described it as mild, and he may return by 
the end of the after the All Star break. Justice Sheffield, a guy who's been on the waiver wire a lot, a pitcher. He has a left uh, forearm strain. He's on the IL. We don't know how bad it's going to be. Um, a guy who was called up, Eric Swanson. If you want a waiver guy, you want to take a gamble on someone. That's the guy to take a gamble on. And I'm also going to mention Anthony Rendon. This is the third time he's on the IL this year. He had a left hamstring strain. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. Jack Mayfield was called up, but Jose Rojas was available in a lot of leagues, could be played. And Justin, I want to mention about the Tyler McGill you mentioned. Tyler McGill has a twin brother who's playing in, the, in MLB also. He's on the Cubs in the minor league system. His name is Trevor McGill. Tyler's name is spelled T-Y-L-O-R because... Trevor is the older one, and their parents said that they wanted the name to both start with a T and end with an O-R. So that's how, why they spell the name Tyler that way. Oh, cool. Interesting hmm. factoids there. Well, I'm um, pronouncing it Tylor, okay? I don't well, care how I, they I just, think. <laughs> I just moved him up five spots in my ranks just for that antidote. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you again, uh, guys, uh, uh, Paul and uh, Justin, for coming on the show. Uh, maybe you, could, you guys can just uh, quickly uh, tell everybody uh, where you can read your stuff. Uh, obviously, you guys are on the Sleeper and the Bust, Rotographs podcast. Fantastic. A uh, couple times a week show that everyone should put on their regular rotation. Uh, Paul, uh, why don't you just tell everyone? Yeah, obviously, uh, we, we are here at Fangraphs as well, fantasy.fangraphs.com. Uh, read our stuff during the week as well. J- Justin's wrote a write-up in my various articles. In addition to the pod, find me on Twitter at Sporer and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Sporer. And you can find me on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. Uh, you can hear me on the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast, TGFBI podcast, aside from the podcast I do with Paul. And uh, check out my OnlyFans. Ooh, not bad. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> is, is there Justin Mason shirt bikinis uh, on those? <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, you know. Always looking for a revenue stream. <laughs> Sounds good, uh, Ruve. You can follow me on Twitter at MLB Injury Guru, where I tweet out injury updates on a daily basis. Who's how long they're gonna be out there? Who's gonna be the next guy up? And I also have a weekly article on Rotoboro, Rotoballer, sorry, discussing the injuries for that coming week, so you can prepare for Fab on Sunday. All right, I'm Ariel Cohen, and you can find my work over at Fangraphs Rotographs, at Sportsline, and at Rotoballer, and you can follow me at ATCNY on Twitter. Yes, it's a shorter handle than Sporers, um, eight, only five letters. Uh, and, of course, you can listen to me right here every week on the Beat the Shift podcast. All right, so once again, thanks to Paul and Justin Crossover episode for coming on the show. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Beat the Shift podcast presented by Fangress. Follow us on Twitter at beat underscore shift underscore pod.